This is Briar Klopp, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Greenbush, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Sierra Doctor. We will get to Harvest Hotline uh, after the uh, reports uh, from the uh, Supply Demand Report. So Harvest Hotline will come up uh, shortly after that. We begin with uh, our uh, farm news with uh, the uh, U.S. Uh, or actually the USDA's Supply Demand Report here this morning, which was out at 11 o'clock. In the monthly uh, Supply Demand Report, USDA increased domestic wheat usage by 5 million bushels to 1.09 billion bushels. They raised food usage by 7 million bushels and left wheat exports unchanged at 775 million bushels. Marketing year ending stocks are forecast at 571 million bushels. That's down 5 million. It's also the lowest ending stock since the 2007-2008 marketing year. Season average farm price unchanged, $9.20 per bushel. USDA increased soybean production by 33 million bushels to 4.35 billion bushels on a yield of 50.2 bushels per acre. Soybean ending stocks were raised 20 million bushels to 220 million bushels. The season average farm gate price was left unchanged at $14 per bushel. USDA made just a small upward adjustment to U.S. corn production, bringing it to 13.9 billion bushels in the November supply-demand report. That's up 35 million from October. USDA raised corn ending stocks by 10 million bushels and left the season average farm price unchanged at $6.80 a bushel. According to today's WASD report, wheat U.S. ending stocks were down from last month, but corn and soybeans increased. Total Farm Marketing Senior Market Advisor Naomi Bloom says global ending stocks only had small changes. Looking at the global ending stocks for this new crop year, corn ending stocks pretty much coming in right on the nose for the average estimate at 300.8 million metric tons, down from the October number of 301.2. Soybean for the ending stocks globally for this new crop year came in at 102.2, a little bit higher than the average estimate and higher than last month. They're, of course, right now expecting bigger crops out of South America until proven otherwise. And wheat ending stocks came in at 267.8, just a little bit larger than the average estimate, um, but pretty much unchanged from last month. Bloom says everyone's betting all the chips on South America's production. The biggest thing is that the USDA just continues to make small little changes, but the underlying reality is that we have tight ending stocks here in the United States heading into 2023, and overall the world ending stock situation, it's, you know, snug compared to years ago, and the world is hoping right now that South America has record production, and we're pricing in South America right now to have record production of their crops that are you know, just getting planted right now with the bigger parts of their growing season happening in December and January. So if the weather turns not fantastic in South America during December and January, you're going to see these markets respond pretty quick. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoops says the corn export number in that supply-demand report was the, the surprise to him. The corn export forecast left unchanged at 2.15 billion bushels. That's a big surprise. We are way, way behind this export pace, and I really thought the USDA would lower that exports by 50 to 100 million bushels. Um, so um, that was a, that was a real surprise, and I think they're going to have to do that in next month's reports. 
uh, unless our corn exports pick up uh, appreciably, and I don't see that happening with river levels on the uh, Mississippi remaining very low, um, and price levels at, at this price level just don't seem to be stimulating much demand. Hoop says production increases, though, were not a complete surprise. We thought they maybe could increase uh, corn and possibly soybean yields slightly uh, from a month ago. I think the, the big changes that we saw in some states is a little bit of a surprise, a, a five bushel an acre jump. Um, from October to November in Illinois, that's a, that's a surprise. That's a big uh, big increase. But we did see you know small increases in some other areas like uh, Missouri and, and Iowa, uh, Minnesota. They all seem to see one to three bushel per acre increases. With biggest decline I saw uh, out in South Dakota. So those those numbers I think came in pretty close to expectations as far as production goes. But just uh, that corn export number is a real surprise. And now we move into Harvest Hotline, presented by A Country, Farm Credit Services, Amity Technology, the North Dakota Mill, and Pivot Bio. Seth Vanderhav Regional Sales Manager Nick Revier is thankful that this season's sugar beet harvest was uneventful. We needed an uneventful harvest this year with all the challenges that we had getting the crop in the ground. Um, you know, when you start out the year with uh, one of the latest uh, planting um, that we've had in our history, um, to get a crop like we got um, and then have the time to get it in um, was uh, quite the blessing. Um, you know, typically we look at that crop, you know, freezing off, you know, the last week in September, and this year it kept on growing until uh, into the second week in October, and so we got some extra yield and a, quite a bit of extra sugar. And Revier says the quality of this crop is outstanding. And when we looked at what we were harvesting in September and we were looking at some pretty disappointing sugars, um, you know, the ending, um, to end up around 18 or maybe just a little above 18% sugar is fabulous for uh, where it started out and for as late as the planting was. And so overall, you know, the crop got in good, got in clean. There isn't going to be a lot of tear. It's going to process very easily. Um, and so the beets are in good shape. Rain. And that's Harvest Hotline, presented by Egg Country, Farm Credit Services, Amity Technology, the North Dakota Mill, and Pivot Bio. And rains will develop in western Argentina tonight and tomorrow, continue through Saturday. World Weather Incorporated says Argentina's rains will expand and shift eastward through eastern Argentina into Paraguay, Uruguay, and southern Brazil by early next week. One to three inches of rain is possible, uh, and a few locations could see totals over four inches. The first significant snow of the season for the far northern Corn Belt will occur this evening into tomorrow. World Weather Incorporated says 6 to 13 inches of snow and locally more will impact much of eastern North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. Strong winds and blowing snow will cause reduced visibility and blizzard to near blizzard conditions. Temperatures will be well below normal with highs in the mid-20s and lows falling below zero in many locations. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Storm system that is moving through the upper Midwest is bringing freezing rain and snow in its path. National Weather Service Aberdeen meteorologist Catherine King says North Dakota will take the brunt of the snow. It's going to bring a mix of rain, freezing rain, and snow across the evening or across the region this evening. Um, with precipitation changing to all snow during the day Thursday. Freezing rain will affect a line pretty much from Pierre, South Dakota, 
spreading um, northeast into Minnesota. The heavier uh, snow chance is in North Dakota right now. So we do have a pretty good chance of seeing a foot of snow in Fargo. After the storm moves through, winter temperatures will become the norm. Friday through Sunday, we have high temperatures in the teens to low 20s. And then on Monday, it kind of starts to warm up a little bit with uh, highs in the 20s to almost 30. NDSU Extension veterinarian Gerald Stucka says freshly weaned calves will be susceptible to sickness from the cold front and winter storm that's carving a path through the upper Midwest. If I had a choice at this point, and I guess several days ago, whether to wean or not wean, I would have chosen not to wean. Calves in, in tough weather for a short period of time are better off. With some others with their dams, if they're out still grazing or grazing crop residue like corn stover, they usually can find some protection if the weather gets really bad and if you've got calves that are just weaned, and some do, it's important in that case to at least have some type of facilities where they can get out of the wind. The rain first and then snow and the calves get wet, and that's a little difficult for them to control their body temperatures like they should. But most of these are North Dakota calves. Their hide is a little bit thicker, and so they're acclimated to this environment. Stucker reminds livestock producers to keep an eye out for pneumonia following the storm. If you've already weaned, and let's say you've weaned for a few days to a week, and Hopefully you've weaned in such a manner that the calves have settled down and are eating a ration, whether it's some long-stem hay or sometimes those that creep feed will drag their creep feeder right into the pen. That gives those calves an advantage because now they're eating. They're still going through perhaps a little separation anxiety. And so the, the downside of, you know, I guess of feeding like a total mixed ration during this kind of weather is that it tends to get wet pretty rapidly and calves may not like it as well. But still, um, in spite of our best efforts, these weather events are stressful. They just are. China has been an active buyer of soybeans over the past couple of days. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson suspects China is buying ahead of relaxing its COVID restrictions. They need to get some product. They've been talking about starting to lift some of their sanctions or some of their uh, COVID restrictions. And I think they're trying to get a little bit of product in and, and get things built back up as far as their uh, supply chain ahead of making any kind of announcement to any kind of COVID uh, restrictions uh, being a little bit uh, softened. Also, I think the price has gotten cheap enough where they're being able to bring in product and, and be able to make it work. And China historically has been notorious for buying grain and then canceling those orders. Yeah, and you know we are seeing their hog herd is in, increasing a little bit. And if they do start to uh, relax some of their COVID restrictions and start opening up the country, it's going to bring a lot of demand in, and I think they're trying to prepare for that. True North Equipment CEO John Unkin says equipment purchases typically go up with end-of-year spending. It's an interesting time in that the market around equipment retailing has changed considerably with the way the industry has uh, trended with tight supply chain issues, and we apply a lot of expectations and having patience in a time where we may have used equipment, but it's locked up due to new units not showing up in a time frame that allows them to free up their trades. So what that does is that it creates some challenges for everyone because we have to hold back trades if a new one isn't shown because the customer may need to use it for the next season. Unkin says supply chain issues are slowly getting better, though, day by day. 
Go to the Red River Farm Network's website, rrfn.com, to sign up for the weekly FarmNet newsletter. You can also download this broadcast and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. It's all at rrfn.com. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Peterson Farms Seed has completed the expansion or ha- of its Prosper North Dakota headquarters. The expansion includes an additional 200,000 bushels of bin capacity, a second dump pit, and variable speed unload conveyors. General Manager Scott Sanders says this update uh, will, uh, with uh, Peterson Farms Seed will allow them to get its seed to customers when they need it in the spring. It just gives us a little bit more control a little more flexibility with our growers so we can get to their fields and bring that seed in when we need it. Um, Because as you know, the front end of that logistics schedule dictates how quickly we can get it out to our dealers and then eventually to our farmer's fields. Sanders says the 2022 season began with logistical challenges and weather delays. And, you know, one thing that uh, we, we talked fairly upfront about is we had some soybean germination issues in the industry not just Peterson Farm Seed, but around our region, which was caused by the the planting and growing season of 21. So if you couple that with getting into the planting season about a month late across our region because of all the moisture and and the weather that we had, we had a fantastic growing season this past summer. Um, Our GDUs were where they should have been. They caught up. Uh, We had moisture when we needed it. So our farmers across the region are really happy for the most part. They all had excellent yields, um, a lot of bumper crops. So I think we're coming into the fall pretty excited about the 23 season. The weekly report from the Energy Information Administration for the week ending November 4th shows ethanol production at the highest level since June at 1.05 million barrels per day. Ethanol stocks dropped 40,000 barrels to 22.2 million barrels. Checking markets before we leave you this afternoon. We're seeing a mixed market. Wheat Minneapolis down 12 cents on the December contract at 9.38.5. March also down 12 cents. Kansas City December wheat is down 15 cents at 9.30 and three quarters, and Chicago December wheat is down 21 cents at 8.06 and three quarters. December corn down two and a quarter at 6.65 and a quarter. March down two and three quarters. January soybeans are three and three quarter cents higher at 14.50 and a quarter. March two cents higher, 14.55 and three quarters. Canola in Winnipeg 9.50 a metric ton higher. December live cattle down a dollar 45. November feeder cattle down 65 cents. And December lean hogs down 42 cents. This is the Red River Farm Network.